You're listening to Puck Pacific episode 16 with your hosts, Bo Hamby and Mason Riley. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and enjoy the show. Low fog hangs over LA today. Not really. A metaphorical. A metaphorical. A medi- a me- <laughs> Good start, Bo. Uh, a metaphorical fog. Um, one that existed pre 2006, uh, pre 2011. It was kind of there, but uh, this fog faded in 2012. And again in 2014, but has come back for Los Angeles. And I'm speaking of, of course, the departure of Daryl Sutter and Dean Lombardi, the architects of the only Stanley Cups in Los Angeles. And uh, I think as the biggest news, although this podcast will be coming out on the opening day of the playoffs, as it, as it were... Um, uh, I think the bigger news is basically the retooling of Los Angeles. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Lombardi's out as general manager. D- Daryl Sutter is out as head coach. Davis Payne was also announced just a couple hours ago mm-hmm. uh, out as assistant coach. He was mostly in charge of forwards and, and the power play. Um, John Stevens is still in in the system as of now. Um, but I mean, I could talk about this for hours, I guess. What is your immediate reaction? What, what sticks out to you the most? I think it's interesting. I think most of what I've seen was people who were unhappy with it. This didn't happen earlier. Um, at least from the side of that people that are approving of this move. Um, my take on it is, I don't know that it's Daryl Sutter's fault at all. Um, but I guess if you're going to go in a different direction when you fire Lombardi like that, and he's been the longer uh, tenured GM, um, and you want to go with, I mean, what seems to be a rebuild direction. Um, well, rebuild was was pretty much denied in the press conference. They Blake repeatedly talked about the core that they have in the Stanley Cup that they're going to compete for. Okay. So rebuild is not in the in the in the vocabulary at this point. So then, in that case, I think it's just. Uh, it's just it's the end of an era, and it's sad to see these guys go. And I mean, you can't be upset with the fact that Blake, Rob Blake's in charge, because I mean, he's a former king and a legend, and he's, a Hall of Famer yeah. as a king. A his numbers in the rafters, as is Luke Robitaille's. Um, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with those the selections. Hall of Fame. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's here's my here's my beef. Um, I don't know if I don't know actually I don't know if I have a beef. I I just. This feels like a very important moment, and it's because uh, these two, when when Daryl, when Dean Lombardi came to LA, uh, they had been like jack shit for a, a decade at least. Um, since the Gretzky years, nothing had been really going on. Um, you know, they had a number of of decent names in between then, but nothing worth, you know, uh, bringing a Stanley Cup home uh, to, and. Uh, 
that changed when Dean Lombardi was hired, and and this was spoken of today was that he created a a culture that was a winning environment, right? It was, it, I mean, and you you talk about this all the time, and you can go back to each of their cup runs, and and especially in 2014, the Game Sevens, they were talked about as the cockroaches of the playoffs or of the league because you just couldn't get rid of them, and that was a a never die, which means a always we can win spirit. Mm-hmm. No matter what the circumstance, no matter how many goals we're down by, like if you think about that 2014 series, holy crap, did they come back? Oh yeah, that from was some dope. first off the third team in history to come back from a 3-0 deficit, and then facing from there both Anaheim and the Blackhawks, right? And mm-hmm. at both uh, one, two, and three seeds, right? Or three, two, one seeds, right off the bat, I mm-hmm. believe, and all going to game sevens. Some unbelievable f- performances from people. Uh, I mean, it's uh, Justin Williams almost uh, won the Conn Smythe that year. With mm-hmm. with you know Dustin Brown was also being considered for that. I think Mike Richards was also being considered at that point that year. I mean, it was the 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 Kings could not lose, and it was because of those names. It was because of Justin Williams, Mike Richards, Willie Mitchell, Robin Regeer, Matt Green, Jonathan Quick. Half of those names are either retired or or unfortunate circumstances of the cap and then that brings us to the issue with Lombardi and the loyalty that everybody brings up and Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I'm going to go on for a little bit here but but it really feels like you know Lombardi is obviously gone and I do as a fan as someone who worked for the Kings last for the last year I really do believe this is the right move you're taking the right step forward he put you in the right place but as and as hard as it is this is what Lombardi got screwed for Mm. is if the kings decide to say lombardi you can stay because you won two cups that's exactly why lombardi is getting fired now Mm. he said to richards look what you did in the past you won us two cups i'm not going to use our compliance by it on you and then a year later when he scored five goals in 50 something games he had to use a buyout on him and that's going to be on the king's books until 2032 Mm. um you know a decade from now Mm. and that's on and that's on lombardi same thing with Brown. He deserved the money at the time. Contract length? No. It's ridiculous. Uh, same thing with Gabrick. Even Quick, you could talk about. Quick's on the books for, I think, another seven years, yeah. um, which it, he, right now he's better than anybody else's goalie in a, in a, in a Game 7 matchup. I'll take him. Mm-hmm. But seven years from now, you have no idea. And that is the loyalty that if, if the Kings stay with Lombardi and Sutter – it's it's they're not learning from Lombardi and Sutter's mistakes or Lombardi's mistakes, which was loyalty. So as tough it is, and, and the players all went to Lombardi's. That was confirmed today by Helene Elliott of the LA Times that the players, once they found out that Lombardi and Sutter were fired, they all went over to their houses, and not all of them, but but some of them. Obviously, they've been there for the last five years. Mm-hmm. A lot of they they won two cups together. That's a huge bond. Oh yeah. Um. So they you know so they said goodbye, and I think, you know that that needs to be. That, that needs to be stated and how 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 tight of a bond that can create within the team, but it can also really stab you in the back. Uh, we're talking Lucic, Voinov. This has been stated by everybody, but Lombardi never should have allowed him to practice with the team after that incident, which, again, has been well chronicled. Sakara, he got injury. You know, he had injury problem. He only played 16 games with Kings. But Gabrick, Richards, like, the names go on. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, it sucks, but Lombardi, it was time to go. And Sutter can't stay if Lombardi goes. Yeah, and that's 
that's the unfortunate uh, part of choosing a career as a general manager or especially as a coach. Um, you only get so many years to really turn things around, and if not, your axe. And that doesn't mean that he won't get hired somewhere else. The dude has one, two cups. And Lombardi, he'll, I, he'll be fine. Okay, uh, did you think about where he might go? Uh, not him. I was mostly thinking about Sutter. I didn't really think about James. Really? I don't think Sutter's going to work. I don't yeah, know. I have a feeling he'll retire, but I was thinking like, oh. He would maybe like there to was go so so what Boston I think conference. is going to be one of the most sad things and I, I, everybody in my family I've texted and even your girlfriend texted mm-hmm. me about this um, uh, was Chris Sutter not being at the games anymore. No, that's that's and definitely the sad. dude was the lifeblood of of games when they were really shitty games, especially this year, especially this past year. And again, I was at every home game. It <laughs> there were some really awful games and. No matter what, when the second or third period came around, whenever the dance cam came on, at the very end, you'd always think, wait, they're about to drop the puck. There's not enough time for Chris to be on. He was on every single time, and on on those nights when they lost, he always drew the most raucous, loud applause. Like, it was playoff loud whenever that dude went up there. And I'm, uh, this is my, you know, stick tap and, uh, and raise a glass to Chris Sutter, because that dude was a, a champ, and I am... I'm I'm gonna miss him, and I'm I'm also, to me this like, as a fan, this <laughs> those were my glory years, um you know what I mean like that was uh those were some of the best moments of my life, over the in 2012 and 2014, you know again the Kings sucked in 2012 no one even thought they were gonna make the playoffs that year, and then they you know people people say because of their 2014 cup run and I was thinking about this recently that the 2012 cup run was easy that it you know 3 and 0 in the first 3 series instead of game 7 in the first 3 series but at the same time actually it was all four series mm-hmm. in the, in the in the first cup run even against the uh, the devils in the end I think um it wasn't easy as a fan when you were watching it and it wasn't easy as a player there were games there we're were many winning, overtime yeah. games in that first series it's only once you win that second cup, and the Royal have said this today on the All the Kings Men podcast, and I think even Jesse, the host of All the Kings Men, said this, which very good episode you should you should listen to if you're a Kings fan. Um, it it was uh, it was I, I don't know it those those we didn't we didn't need a second cup, but we got it, and it made that first cup seem so much more special in the way that like we were so good that nobody could even touch us that year mm. well that's the thing that's not reflected in like when you just look at the wins it's not the score it's not the overtimes because you know that some of those went multiple overtimes and they were and... hard wins but we won and that was again a tribute to the cockroach of a team that lombardi and sutter built mm-hmm. that was as much as it was sutter as it was lombardi and and so you know as as much as they each fucked up i think sutter should have played the kids earlier i think he was too stubborn on that but they were still fighting for it until the end, though. I, I no, don't and they were, and they from. were, and it, and it was quick and net. But I am not the kind of fan that says if quit with that 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 quick injury is an excuse for this season. Mm-hmm. I do not accept that as a season mm. because as an excuse because Budai played his ass off, and Especially yes, of the backup goaltending was awful, but we had a good season in goaltending. We were fifth in the Jennings Trophy. That's most. That's least goals allowed in terms of goaltenders on your team. Mm. That's that's crazy. Best. Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. And, and so goaltending was not the issue. I do not accept was... I do not accept the excuse that quick that that I do not accept quick as the excuse. No, it's definitely all offensive as far as And so and so for me 
the the biggest out of all this, we're gonna end it right here with the Kings talk. The, the biggest point that you should take is the next move that the Kings are gonna make is hiring a head coach. Whoever the Kings hire as a head coach will tell you what their philosophy is going from here on out. Offense, defense. Do they keep John Stevens on? That pretty much tells you they're going with status quo and maybe bringing on some new assistant coaches, hoping for some, and then going UFA route offseason. Mm-hmm. I would expect with the kid, what they know what the kids are going to bring next year, I would expect major, not major, but but more aggressive offseason moves in terms of UFA. Uh, and then the head coach will tell you a lot of what this Kings team will do. So those are two big things to look out for. It's going to be a much more interesting offseason than we thought with the Kings. Oh, definitely now, yes. Absolutely. And uh I mean this is Rob Blake's first first uh turn at the wheel as GM. So I mean he's got the expansion draft right away. That's a huge indicator and and all all indicators are that he's got he's got the final say on all hockey operation moves. Mm-hmm. So it's it's Blake's it's Blake's bus. Let's uh let's see what where he where he takes it. Yeah, and uh and in a way the expansion draft could could help the cap situation a little bit, which we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But I would look for a Gabrick buyout. I I think that's coming. I don't think they can keep him on the books again. I don't think so either. I And I wonder what they'll do as far as... Uh, I'm sure they'll expose Brown and will he get picked up? I don't think so. I think Blake... I think Brown's going to stay on the team. I think with Blake... I think Blake and Brown have a really good relationship. I think Brown... And I think Brown... Brown has had one of his best seasons in in two or three years this last year. So, yeah, I'm just thinking purely from a cap perspective. Also, Aginla might be right staying. Well. I think Aginla is as, as Aginla is definitely playing at least one more year. We've, we we we're we're four, we're eleven twelve minutes now on the Kings, so we we got to move right. on. Um, That's but, all right. We can we can. But, move on. So to to sum up, uh, Aginla will probably be playing another year, depending on Toffoli and Pearson's re-signing value. Mm-hmm. That will depend if Aginla stays with LA or goes somewhere else, a la Milan Lucic. Um, Kopitar was confirmed to be captain again. That was kind of up in the air because of how poor of a season he had, but he was obviously very hard on himself. And then expect Ledoux, Kempe, Bradzinski, and who's the other one I'm thinking of? There should be... I guess Gravel can still be sent down to Ontario. Expect those four guys to be in the Kings lineup next year, opening day. All right. So moving on from the Kings. Let's the, go to another team. And the Fog. Are we going to another? Are we yeah, going we'll, to go to, other, we'll go up north. Yeah. Another team that's had Fog for... Uh, um, like, well, at least yeah. as far as this season. All well, season basically long. since they were kicked out of the Cup, and that was 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Much more looming Fog. So about six years. Um, yeah, and that's a much more recent fog, and it is still very much lingering. <laughs> yes. This doesn't um, really... I don't think this move solves ling- anything. Lingering. Linger. Um, yeah, so Willie Desjardins is out. I am not a big fan of that move. I think it's. I don't think it solves any problems they were having. It's the safety net from out beneath Linden and Benning's feet in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, just saving... Because Benning can't fire himself, so what's he doing? Fire the coach. And I was thinking, like... So all of Desjardins' experience has been with young players, in whether it's juniors or AHL or WHL. So who are you going to bring in that's going to help these younger guys develop more than well, who you had? Well, funny you ask, because the AHL affiliate for Vancouver is... Do you know? I don't. Oh, wow. Well, I'm kicking you off. See, I don't watch the prospects until after the season's over. It is the Utica Comets. The head coach is Travis Green. He has been offered a 
ton of assistant NHL Ah, coaching jobs. No full-time NHL coaching jobs. And that's looked as – and he hasn't taken any of those. He's he's stayed with Utica, and he's brought them from a pretty shitty AHL team at the beginning of the year to a a decent – I think they're not – clinched a playoff spot yet, but they're looking like they probably will. Okay. Um, anyways, with Desjardins out and Travis Green having coached many of the players that are now playing for the Vancouver Canucks, many people are saying that he is probably a, at least a candidate for the Canucks. I don't know if they do that or if they go with someone who has a more established NHL development role. I don't know if there are any coaches on. I'm not. I'm not good with backgrounds of coaches. I don't know if Gerard Gallant has a good development background. I don't. He was with Florida and they had a pretty young team. I would think he's probably being considered. I would also think maybe Jack Capuano, um, just because. Mm-hmm. But Vegas is probably considering all those guys too. Um, so that's I mean I can't I can't really speak much as coaches go. That's not really my Yeah, I don't I don't think forte. we know who the fit is there especially because I don't think it really will solve any problems. But I know I know that Travis Green is being considered and I know that he has never worked in the NHL before. He's been the head coach of the Portland Winterhawks, which is a uh Western I forget what what that conference is called. Anyways, and the Utica Comets. Um but yeah, that was—I mean—that was the safety net out from with from out beneath Linden and Benning, and mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like they they did have a decent year. They Stetcher, Troy Stetcher, Victor Tramkin, uh, even Brock Besser at the end of the year would looked really good, um, and then Bo Horvat had a lot of good uh, stuff. Sedins have one more year left, so you hope have to hope that they bring something. And then they have a ton of RFAs to sign, but the biggest name in that is Horvat. So they're not going to lose a ton of money to the cap. And then they lose Miller um, to UFA, and he made $6 million last year. I don't know if I re-sign him if I'm Vancouver. I, if I, was, I think you just go with young goalies, and you just face being a shitty goalie team for a while. Yeah, and you, with the way the Pacific Division is right now, where you have three strong teams, and then hopefully, I mean... For the Kings fans out there, hopefully a fourth in the Kings next year with with the moves they've made. That it's it's not your it's not gonna be your next you know, next two seasons, three seasons. You're gonna have to sit on that and just develop. But they haven't committed to a rebuild, which means they they are expecting to compete next year. Well, with the Sedines, they can definitely go into the season with that mindset. But then Sedines once turned thirty seven this summer. Yeah, but then once they hit the trade deadline and it's like, Oh, we could, you know, maybe trade them for a rental or so I I Sedins are staying with Vancouver. I don't see any way they leave. In in my opinion, I think it would take an interesting thing for sure, but an, a weird cap scenario because they're so expensive. But it would be cool to see them go somewhere. I just can't run. imagine they're the kind of people either, though, that would leave Vancouver at that point. No, that's probably true. They want to lead this team and help them develop and all that. Okay, so I have a I have a really fun thing to do as we transition into the Anaheim Calgary playoff preview. Okay. Uh, playoff preview provided by Puff, Puck Pacific. Oh. Playoff preview provided by Puck Pacific. That should be on a uh, progressive ad. <laughs> um, okay, so Jim Benning became general manager of the Vancouver Canucks in 2014, right okay. before the draft deadline, or mm-hmm. right before the draft day. He had never seen the team in action. He became GM over the offseason. Uh, and his first big move was trading Ryan Kessler to, to the Anaheim, Anaheim Ducks. That's that's yes. where the Anaheim Ducks connect in this. Um, so in that original move, I want to recount this move because we're now three years later and 
the Canucks are three times shittier. Um, so and the Ducks have won the Pacific so they so they traded away well. Ryan Kessler and like a third round pick it, it, that wasn't important. Um, but they so and they got back Lucas Pisa, who okay. is not good, mm-hmm. not good. Nick Bonino, who was eh. traded. Um, a 2014, so that year's first round pick and that year's third third round pick. They got Jared McCann in that first round pick, okay, and Derek Dorsett in the third round pick. Derek Dorsett is currently a fourth liner, a, a mediocre at best fourth liner, still pretty shitty, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Pisa is a second liner on their defense, but should be a third liner slash seventh defenseman on any good mm-hmm. team. Nick Bonino was traded to the Penguins for Brandon Sutter. That's right. They both That's right. they both finished the season with thirty three and thirty four points, so that meant nothing. And the first round pick, Jared McCann, went to Florida, and this. So the they got a first round pick out of this, mm-hmm. which is huge. They get Jared McCann, who's a very high scoring set, uh, a center, I believe. It's supposed to be a two way center. Good, good prospect. Like maybe a number two center, number three center okay. at best. Uh, they trade him to Florida for Eric Goodbranson, who is, <laughs> who is now a third pairing D or second pairing D on the Vancouver Canucks, who finished with what seventy points. Why give up a prospect? They're still going for the playoffs. That's that's what that trade meant. Mm-hmm. They're getting Brandon Sutter, and Goodbranson meant they got rid of prospects. For Benino's not a prospect, but Jared McCann, a first-round pick for good brands. Who the fuck in their right mind does that? Well, that's that's why though that's what we're talking. Like the firing doesn't do anything. It's the GM because even I mean I'm kind of glad they got the Benino trade because you got the Benino 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 call last I, year. I love it and but, and he was huge. I mean that was the HPK line. Haglin Benino Kessel. Mm-hmm. By the way, Haglin's supposed to be back for the first round for Pittsburgh. And speaking of Kessler, because we were making that connection, um, he's kind of the player to watch as far as Anaheim in this series, um, because he has nine points in their five games, five goals, four assists, and against Anaheim? against Calgary. Uh, oh, sorry, against Calgary. Yeah, in their games they played uh, in the regular season, um, and basically their entire the entire top six of the Ducks is is you know gonna demolish them offensively and both on the boards. So, so. I actually disagree with that. Okay. I think their forwards are pretty much evenly matched up. All right. Because are you, are no, you no, farting? I'm saying I want to hear your point. Or, no, that was the that was the sofa. If if we hear that, I'm gonna keep it in. <laughs> I want people to know that Mason farted. I did not fart, guys. Anyways, I promise. That couch has never made that noise. Um, <laughs> completely off traffic. Anyways, uh, back off, to the forwards. Off topic, but coming back. So the four. Okay, think about it. Johnny Goudreau, Corey Perry, Sean, or, or probably Sean Monahan, Corey Perry, uh, Johnny Goudreau. Wow, I, oh, I completely forgot his name. Uh, what's the big bald guy's name? Guess not. <laughs> okay, that's not a fair matchup. That's we're a huge gonna guy hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, pause, pause. We're gonna start that whole whole section over. All right. I don't even know where where we began, but forward Sean Monahan. Corey Perry, Johnny Goudreau, Ryan Getzloff. Uh, the real matchup to meet R- Ricard Raquel and uh, I don't know Kachuk. If you put Kachuk yeah, up there, yeah, probably Kachuk. He's the one who's um, geared up. The for real that. matchup to me in the forwards comes with uh, Backlund and Kessler, because they're both the number two centers and they're both going to be asked to defend the heaviest defensive matchups as centers. Okay. Um, and so whoever can whoever can shut down the other team there. And also, 
get some points is going to be, for me, one of the X factors in that series. Do you know which defensive core without Cam Fowler, because he's injured for two to six weeks, um, do you know which defensive core on each team has more playoff games in their experience? Can oh, you guess? I would. It's probably Calgary based on the fact that they have two guys that have never played in the Ducks. You, you think they have more experience? Calgary does. I'm just going to guess that because I feel like that's why you're asking the question. You're wrong. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Calgary. So Giordano has four playoff oh, games. Oh, yeah. Four. 2006-07 when Aginla was captain. I gave him more credit, I guess. I did too when I was looking this up. Um, Dougie Hamilton has 19. Uh, TJ Brody has 11. Michael Stone from Arizona has two. He played in that 2011-2012 series against the Kings. Okay. Um, Bartkowski has 15, which is hilarious that their third liner has the third most uh, experience. And then England, if he plays, has 24. I didn't even look up Weidman because they I don't know who's playing on that third pair anymore. Um, and then, so that's 75 total with England playing for the Flames. The Ducks actually have 173, and I didn't think that would be possible because. But that's just because they make it every year, right? So then I guess so. I guess so. Batman so the and... the least the the person with the least is is uh, Manson, Josh Manson. He only has one playoff game experience. Jose Theodore, I think it's Jose. It's Jose. Shea right? Theodore. Oh, is it Shea? Why did I why did I say Jose? Jose. How how often do you have Hispanic names in hockey? Well, then? we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start that one over again. <laughs> Josh Manson has one playoff game experience. Shea Theodore has only has six. Um, let's see who's after that. Uh, Montour again. All these rookie guys has twenty seven. So they all he has twenty seven in the in the playoffs. He must have he must have played in the in the last couple years mm-hmm. for them. Um, Came up for the playoffs through injury or whatever, similar to the situation. Yeah, but it's I don't know. It, do you? I I think Giordano and Hamilton have been the best. One of the top five defensive pairs in the league this year, and I don't think with Cam Fowler, BXs I don't think can handle the, the the speed of Calgary. I think Lindholm hasn't played up to his potential this year. I think Montour on the top pair is a recipe for disaster, and I think Vatanen and Manson are probably your best pair, and they're your third line. I don't know, like what? I think that you have overvalued Calgary all season long. And they're going to come to a crushing halt <laughs> in, about really five, in so? five games. Because they can't win in Anaheim at all. And they've proven that. That's true. And Does Anaheim have? Yeah, Anaheim yeah, they do. has. Damn it. And also, these are huge, gigantic men against Johnny Gaudreau that are just going to beat him into the ground until he can no longer walk. And especially because it's going to be given to them and given back because of the injury to Fowler. Did you hear about these comments? I haven't heard any comments, but I do predict animosity. Oh well, the GMs kind of went at each other oh, through good. the media. You didn't hear about this? No, no. Come on, man. This miss, this you prepped my all day. And I know. You missed it. So, I so the juicy stuff. So Giordano obviously hit Fowler, and that's what yes. caused the injury. The that injury. he's out for two to six weeks. That was announced about last week, by the way. So he's probably out for at least. Which, by the way, a four-week range, two to six weeks. A four-week window in between which he could be healthy is almost two series worth. I've seen that so, window as far as knee injuries, though, all the time. So that part is like right. pretty normal. So, yeah. So I guess it's kind of up in the air. But anyways, uh, the Bob Murray, the GM of the Ducks, said that Giordano was a dirty player. Uh, just a bad move in which general. isn't even that hit wasn't even bad it wasn't but it, I mean I understand the rest of it but that's so anyways dumb. Brad Trey Living the GM for Calgary not the GM 
president, I believe. Okay. I, I can't Hawkeye remember. Versions Brian something? Burke and Trey Lewing. I forget how it works it's in Calgary. I should probably. I'm sorry, Calgary fans. I should know that. But anyways, um, <laughs> Trey Living called them asinine, stupid. Um, which which is just like now the the GMs. It's the first round of like you could you could expect this maybe in the Stanley Cup final if something if an injury like this happened to a goalie or something in game 1 we haven't even gotten to game 1 and Calgary and remember Calgary and Anaheim played i think 2 years ago mm. and that was a violent series this is going to be a very violent series i think series. explosive is maybe a good way to it's explain gonna be game a, 1 you have to watch these games i think this is probably the most i mean even more from than the sharks oilers for me this is a more exciting series to watch I think you're right in that. I think it's going to be one of, one of the keys for me, or an X-Factor. I had X-Factor as Kessler and Backlund. Definitely defense, whoever's defense can can show more veteran because experience. Because whoever can take less penalties and whoever can be less injured is <laughs> going to win. <laughs> Seriously. Whoever can stay away from the stupid shit and just play the game and not be injured you know, not go out of the way to, to kind of take that extra hit. And, it like, that's going to be the team, the, the sustainable team will win this round. It's well, going to be bloody and it's going to be, you know, to a pulp. But it's yeah. it's someone is going to be standing at the end and whoever has got the strongest knees that are going to be standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's basically if Anaheim goes for the stupid hits and injures themselves or goes for the good ones and injures Calgary. But it's also you got guys like Kachuk who you know if you stir the pot, shit's gonna go down. Well, if Kachuk injures anybody, that's gonna start some fights. I think you're gonna see, or Giordano. I think Giordano. you're gonna see at least one or two key guys get injured. I'm worried about Goudreau with all the slashes he's taken. I'm worried about. I'm not so worried about Monahan. He seems to have. Mm-hmm. He seems to he's have sturdy as well. Some sandpaper on him. Um, I would say Kachuk is gonna be probably stirring the pot early, which may be you know a guy like Kessler goes after him. And he's not gonna want to, you know, stir so fast. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be violent. I think we're gonna see some blood. Yeah, and the goalies are pretty. Uh, and Calgary should be wearing red. Interesting which be nice. to look at because Gibson's coming back off the. I mean, he's, which, he's played again, a few games. Like we could. I, I that we haven't even talked about the goalies. Do you know? I have you, some stats. Go ahead. No, yeah. Tell, tell me. Tell but me. Much, just, tell me who you think the edges on goalies going in. And, and and why, obviously. See, I looking at the stats, I want to go Gibson, right? Because he's, he's got a significantly better goals allowed. Um, Over percent, the season? Yeah, across the whole season, which doesn't come into play so much, obviously, because playoffs mean, you know, starting fresh. And, and Gibson, remember last year. Injured. No, remember last year he oh, yeah, lost yanked. the first two games, and then Anderson started game yes. three. Which The for, playoffs are Gibson's enemy right now. Yeah, and um, Carlisle. Oh, I almost went with the wrong coach there. Um, he could definitely, you know, have no problem yanking Gibson because Bernier's been pretty good. So it could happen again. Isn't that shitty? <laughs> Isn't that amazing too, though? Like for non-Ducks fans, it could happen just as easily. So I don't know. I, I still give it to the Ducks because they've been there more. Okay, so here's here's my and and I I wanted to give it to Elliot. I didn't think Gibson was as strong as. I didn't think he was that strong. So I, I looked up at their last 20 games of the season, which mm-hmm. I think last 10, maybe, you know, that's a, that's a fair amount of starts. Last 20 is a, is a, is a good yeah, amount of work. About half, probably. Um, so Elliott in his last 20, 14, 5, and 1, uh, two shutouts, and a 9.24 save percentage. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. By the way, I looked up his first 20. It was an 
98 save percentage and something like six wins in his first 20. Awful. So he, you know, tale of two goaltenders for for Elliot, which makes me or gives me confidence for him. Gibson, yeah. I also have confidence since the injury, only three games, but he's two zero and one. Only four goals allowed in those three games and one shutout, which was his last game going into the playoffs. Um, his last 20, I wanted to be like, okay, since injury, we'll look back at his last 20, see how he compares with Elliott. He's only 11-7-2, which doesn't sound that impressive mm-hmm. until you look at his save percentage. 9-39 save percentage and four shutouts in his last 20 games. Yeah, he had six on the season, so only one was outside of those. That's games. crazy. Mm-hmm. That so So I really, like, when I when I looked at that, I was like, I don't know. Gibson's looked really strong as well. And if Gibson can do that, if Gibson can take game one and two and really shut down, and even if he, well, I think game one and two are going to be easy for Anaheim, actually. I think it's going to be game three and four is going to be do or die for Calgary. If they can't win game three, they're done. Mm -hmm. If they go down 3 0, because I think they'll probably lose the first two games. If they can win one in Anaheim, hell, I'll give them the yeah, series. Yeah, that's like that's a huge. If they win. can break, I think that's an X factor for me too. If they can break the twenty-five game losing streak in Anaheim, that shatters all sorts of myths and conspiracies and whatever. And you're just like you have the energy of you know. Yeah, they're gonna come with a lot of momentum, especially if Elliot really performs well in those games and keeps the uh, the Ducks to low scores. I mean, if it's like a 4-3, you can't say that so much. But if it's, you know, 2-1, then that's Which a I would lot say is a reason why the Flames lost in, this, in the series two years ago. Because they didn't have that kind of goaltending. If Elliot can give them the kind of goaltending, I'm I'm on the Flames. Um, but You're on the Flames? You got I'm, drafted? But I'm, <laughs> I, the question is, who are you picking? This is it. Preview is ended. Who are you picking? I picked the Ducks. In five. Shit, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I picked them. Hold on, I don't think I wrote down how many games. Because I think that no, I didn't write. Calgary how many can games. probably win one at home. So I think okay. I well, them. I think the Ducks will win the first two. I think Calgary will win two at home. I, th- I think so Ducks six. and six. I think Ducks and six. Yeah, I don't think they go seven. But it will be a great series when you have to watch, and also one that will give you a lot of. If it goes seven and the Ducks lose. Praise be because oh, yeah. that's why Randy Carlisle. That's why Randy Carlisle was fired because he lost Game Seven. That's also why Bruce Bro- Boudreau. That's why every Ducks coach for the last ten years has been fired because they lost Game Seven at home. Um, so that's if that. <laughs> God, I would love that yes. so much. So go Flames, but we're picking the Ducks. Um, yeah, sorry, Calgary. <laughs> so um, the other series that we're going to look at, which you're a homer for, so I will let yeah. you start this off with. Although. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me if you're positive or not. Well, I mean, if you have been a, a listener for the past 15 episodes, I've never been too high on the Sharks as a team. I've been pretty high on Brent Burns, but his end of the season was not spectacular, to can say we, the least. Can we talk about one thing? Yeah. Is it Burns related or? He didn't hit 30 goals. <laughs> I know. Dude. Which, okay, so. I was doing prep for today, and I was like, wait, I didn't watch their last game. No, he could have made that goal. And then I looked and I, I looked up Brent Burns NHL.com and I saw 29 and I, I So that's I went, a huge yeah. part of this series is the two highest scoring players on the Oilers, McDavid and Dreisaitl, have 177 points respectively. While our highest score, scoring player is Brent Burns, who sucked dick the last quarter of the season and only had 76 points. His last 20 he had two goals, eight assists. Yeah. So our best player 
has been playing terribly, and their two best players have been on fire and continue to be on fire, and they McDavid are significantly has 24 better. 24 points in 13 games. These last 13. 24 points! He was yeah. averaging almost two, more than two points a game. Oh, no, almost two points a game. So... Here's the other deal. So special teams that I'm worried about. This is basically all I'm going to do is go through my concerns for why nope. the Sharks are going to lose. These are my concerns too, so I'm glad you're going through <laughs> because them. Because I can't really see a silver lining other than um, if our power play plays amazing, which is going to be tough without they're Jumbo 20, they're possibly tomorrow night. this year. Your power play was, what, third last year entering the playoffs? Yes. I think it was third Excellent entering the playoffs. Teams. And Pavelski makes his career off of playoff goals. Uh, sorry, off of power, power play, play goals. goals. How many power play goals did he get this year? Do you know? I don't know, but what I do know, while you're probably finding that, I hope, um, the Sharks had one power play goal against the Edmonton Oilers this year out of 16 opportunities. Edmonton had three out of their 18. So we only scored one goal in the power play against Edmonton. And their (laughs) power play is ranked fifth this year. And that, to me, is a big X factor. If you – oh, sorry, keep going. No, no. So the the other thing about that is we have two of our power play players – injured and it, jumbo joe thornton was very positive last week going into oh yeah i'll definitely play oh in game God. one and then today the he's today, questionable devastating dude so if he's not in that's awful because that's a top six player that won't be playing if he's not in game one and to me the fact that he on the off day they're like the day after the season end was like i'm so ready for for game one like don't even think about it and then mm-hmm. today was like oh, i don't know <laughs> That that to me is even more worrying because shit. If a guy is that confident, if a guy is that confident going into it and then gets on the ice and tries shooting and is like, oh shit, that could mean one or two, maybe three, even four games. And if you're without Thornton for those many that many games, you gotta have to give the edge to Edmonton. If we don't have him back in San Jose for game three, I think that's a real worry. But I'm already worried because Kachir will be back. But he's not going to be the same player, and he's also our second power play unit. When was the last time he played? A oh, while it's ago been a now. month at least. It's crazy. No um, one who who that. I mean, he's had a devastating injury, which means he's only coming back because it's game one of the playoffs, mm-hmm. which absolutely means he's not a hundred percent. I am looking. I will say on the bright side of things, this is such a sad thing to say, but I'm really looking forward to his like uh, NHL profile photo next year and see what his teeth look like because they, apparently they've been real messed up. Hopefully but. you can get facial reconstructive surgery. <laughs> it's really the, the teeth that made him an ugly motherfucker. Um, but outside of that, top the things two centers, that can man. save the things that can save the Sharks. Cam Talbot sucks out of nowhere, and Martin Jones plays like Martin Jones did last year. Which, going out of each of their respective last twenty games, is not going to happen. <laughs> it's mostly vice versa. Yes, it's mostly going to be Talbot playing excellent. Jones in his last twenty, and I'm, this my last twenty games is my. Uh, my measuring stick for this episode. At least it's um, even across the board. Um, Jones, 8-8-3. Eight, eight and three. I know that doesn't equal 20, but there's some non-decisions in there because mm-hmm. he got pulled. An 897 save percentage, sub-900, and 2.75 goals allowed. And only two shutouts all year. Both of them were in November. He only had two shutouts so all early. year. So I, I feel like he's, he's had a very consistent season, but he hasn't had a stellar season. No. So... Uh, and on the opposite, in the opposite corner, Mr. Cam Talbot in the orange and blue shorts, uh, in his last twenty, he's twelve six and one, with a nine fourteen save percentage and two shutouts. In those last twenty, <laughs> and they were back to back, by the way. Um, 
and 2.4 goals allowed average. Well, either those games against Vancouver, do you know? I, I can't. If one tell of them you. does, I mean, I I'm gonna I disqualify. Didn't, it. I didn't. I didn't, look, <laughs> I didn't look game by game, but I. I, well, I didn't. I just want to have something to say. I didn't take him notes game by game, but Talbot to me, and yes, he has been overplayed. He's played probably. Well, also Jones is. Yeah, Jones has been played a ton, so I don't even know if you can use well. that argument. So and and to me, I don't know. Maybe Talbot has more enthusiasm, more 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 energy going into his first year in the playoffs as opposed to Jones who is now playing a fuck ton of hockey mm. like think about it he played until June mm. last year had a month off and then was back to training camp and he played 70 games this year yeah Dell gets almost no start and then at least 70 games this year and is now going right back into the playoffs Jones has not been rested fully in a while and this is what we're talking about happened to the downfall of the Kings this is exactly what started that quick Against San Jose last season, San Jose was replenished. They were new. They got kicked out of the Kings early the mm-hmm. year before. The Kings were in it, playing again for you know, and they got they got well. Actually, they didn't make the playoffs the year before. But either way, mm-hmm. Quick played a ton of games, and he got spanked in the first round. Yeah, so Talbot's definitely going to be. I mean, I was listening to Elliot Friedman today on NHL Tonight or whatever they call that uh, talk show, and uh, he was saying Talbot's game is very calm and he's very poise in his movements and you know unlike i don't know jones isn't exactly the opposite of that but he's definitely a lot more uh spastic out there um and so i talbot just plays with the confidence of somebody who's been there in the regular season so if he can maintain that talbot's also played in the playoffs behind lundquist when lundquist got injured back in new york so mm-hmm. he's so, he's he's not the one it won't be it won't be talbot that's gonna crumble it's gonna be ken jones elevate out of nowhere and can thornton come back yeah thornton is thornton and pavelski those two have 261 playoff games between the two of them the top line for edmonton mcdavid dreisaitl and maroon has 29 games and all 29 are patrick maroons with anaheim <laughs> <laughs> and you're not and anaheim hasn't really done anything stellar in the playoffs so yeah not maroon's, not even, maroon. maroon's the third worry after dreisaitl which, and McDavid. which to me if you can have if you can have thornton back and if he can have any sort of resemblance of his of last year's playoff self, and think Couture remember led. Oh, he was excellent. he led the league in score in scoring in the postseason last year. Mm-hmm. He would have won the Conn Smythe had had San had Jose won the off, cup. Yeah. Um, so if uh, Couture back is just as important as Thornton to me. Um, if they don't get either of those back, it's an easy pick for me in, in Edmonton. I think the only so outside of Jones playing spectacular so it basically comes down to three players if they play incredible we can beat the Oilers if not Connor McDavid is going to blow us out of the water and it's Pavelski he's got to tip in everything yep and Burns has got to be the one to slap him yep so you know who that third player is for me though not Jones oh, it's not Jones it's Vlasic okay Vlasic is going to be Vlasic is going to be patched because he doesn't play with Burns anymore mm-hmm. right it's no, Burns no, and Martin Brawny and, Vlasic is going to yeah. be paired against McDavid and this is, you know, McDavid is going to come out of those gates at home in Edmonton. He's come, he's going to come out flying mm-hmm. in that first game. Yeah. If Vlasic can keep him shut down, even for the first period of game one, just give the Sharks a chance to get their feet in that game one. The Sharks haven't had to be on the road, I don't think, in the playoffs for a long time. Like, no, no, definitely know, not. This is, not in recent couple years. You know, they, years they're, they're, the they're, and especially the Shark Tank. That is a good home atmosphere to start round one. Well. Possibly without Thornton, with a McDavid in, a, in an Oilers town that hasn't had the playoffs in 11 years, that's a huge disadvantage to me. Mm-hmm. So if you oh, have Vlasic shut down McDavid, even for a period or two in that first game, 
that could be an X factor in the entire series to me. I think Vlasic is a really good X factor that I hadn't thought about, and that's I mean he is one of my favorite defense defenseman to watch because he can really key in on you and shut you down. He has that capability. That's that when when the Sharks beat the Kings last year. He's he, not the offensive prowess defenseman. Which, no, I mean, it was Vlasic. It was Vlasic that that shut you know all those guys didn't have any points. Pearson, Kopitar, Toffoli, Carter. None of those guys had points. So it was because Vlasic was up against them every time. And the year before that, remember, Vlasic was injured against the mm-hmm. Kings. And he was injured for part of the season this year, and that was a concern, but I, he's been good ever since, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, I think the last thing I want to bring up is just, I don't know. Is there anything in particular I can say? Well, my X factor for, for Oilers, as opposed to Vlasic for the Sharks, is Nuge. Um if Nugent okay. Hopkins, because he's the, the, the 2C for, for Oilers, obviously Dreisaitl and, and McDavid will pull everybody's eyes and, and all that. But Nuge will also pull a, a fair comp- competitive matchup. If he can make an impact at the at the second center position, I think the Oilers have it in the bag to me. I think the Oilers have if, it in the bag. If, if, if Nuge can make an impact, which is crazy, if... if you know, if 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 we're talking about Talbot and and Nuge and McDavid and Drysidle, as these guys, if they can get out of the first round, we may really have a very good Oilers team on our hands. I I think the Oilers could definitely be in the conference finals, with no like, and that's scary to say, but I think that they could do it. So 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 who's your pick? So I have Edmonton being the Sharks. In six games, Wait, actually. no, not even, like, for your actual NHL for, bracket? For my actual NHL bracket, I did not pick the Sharks. Every NHL bracket I ever made when the Kings were in the playoffs, you I had them winning up. the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I had them winning the Stanley Cup. Not even out of the first round, the Stanley Cup. I just, just the way the second half of the season went, the way Burns has been playing, Thornton and Couture, there's too many things not in our favor. So I know you can't see this if you're listening to the podcast, but I'm going to show Mason. <laughs> I had San Jose in there until <laughs> right before recording, He's and then I wrote Edmonton. That's and the right I th- move. And it was, it was because I heard the Thornton. If, if Thornton isn't... I was really confident after the season when he said I'll be in game one and I saw I watched the interview and he looked very confident and then I read the report today and I I my you know my heart dropped for San Jose because yeah. the Kings aren't in the playoffs so I'm okay with San Jose winning it all this year but the thing is uh if the Oilers do win when I get my jersey I can wear it <laughs> into yeah, the play- into the Oilers so I was out. actually so I was actually thinking about kind of doubling down but i don't know how what how would happen doing? your team's not in oh, no no well so basically my bet is because the, the oilers are playing and i owe you a mcdavid mm-hmm. jersey right mm-hmm. so if the sharks lose the first round i don't owe you a jersey but nah, if the, see, i'm not picking them though. If I don't the know sharks, no but if the sharks win do i owe you something more than a jersey like a, well just like a shark jersey would be better something i'll wear more okay but I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm taking the McDavid jersey. I'm not doing your double down no. bullshit because I know they're gonna lose. All right. Well, this. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be listening to this right before. Do do the do, do they start Wednesday or Thursday? Tomorrow night at seven or seven thirty. What's tomorrow night? We're listening on a Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, April twelfth. Right. Is Sharks Oilers. Sharks Oilers. All right. Which so seven thirty Pacific time. Yep. Um. So I mean that's. I'll be watching that game hopefully. Actually, I'm I'm never We'll watch mind. part of it. Yeah. Um and uh and yeah, that's it. Uh we'll be back next week with a recap of what's happened in the first week. Um I guess go Oilers. Oilers.